Welcome to San Francisco City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Chronicle columnist Heather Knight. I'm talking today with Christy Fairchild, executive director of North Beach Citizens, a nonprofit that helps homeless people in North Beach and beautifies the quintessential San Francisco neighborhood. She's talking about how she's seeing more homeless people asking for help now that tourists and workers aren't around to offer them food and money. Now they're increasingly desperate for assistance. Christy Fairchild, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. So North Beach Citizens was created nearly 20 years ago by a very famous San Franciscan. Can you tell me how it all got started? Sure. In um, in around 2000, Francis Ford Coppola, who was living in North Beach and has a building, obviously, on Kearney Street, would walk to work as and he would see kind of the local homeless uh, on the streets. And around that time, um, there was no service provision. There was none, none of the um, direct access to housing hadn't started. The care not cash had not started. There was um, a need for services in the area mm-hmm. and people were choosing to live in North Beach that were even homeless and low income mm-hmm. and district three. So he decided to open up and, and learn to know who these, what he would say, citizens and neighbors are. And so the approach was to engage with people and kind of find out what they needed. So we were Almost the first project, Homeless Connect, you know, outreach, you know, this idea of the hot team. That was kind of us back then. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been with the organization? I've been here since 2003. Okay, so almost the whole time. And are you going to have a big 20th birthday party? We are. Okay. We're going to have a huge 20th birthday party next year, this Sunday, um, after Easter at uh, St. Peter and Paul Church, as oh, we awesome. have for the last 20 years. I want an invitation. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Um, well, on a much more serious note, we learned yesterday that a homeless person in a navigation center here in the city tested positive for the coronavirus, which was something many of us had expected was just a matter of time. Yeah. Um, how do you think the city is coping with the COVID-19 pandemic when it comes to the homeless population? Boy, they uh, uh, they knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. I think that um, we're all adjusting to... Um, what resources there are. Um, there's a, you know, a great team of people that are very dedicated and um, are concentrating not only on the uh, homeless population, but the at risk, the SROs, mm-hmm. the people in permanent supportive housing. I mean, they're, they're uh, you know, anyone at risk They're they're all kind of in the same uh, need structure for, um, for assistance. Mm-hmm. Do you think the city's doing enough or should it be doing more? Uh, I think that they're stepping up and around their, their coordination mm-hmm. and um, working on, obviously, as you know, you know, with uh, Aaron Peskin and the mayor bringing $5 million mm-hmm. uh, to the, the protect the vulnerable populations and SRO, SROs and um, congregate settings with like the navigation center is really a step forward. And that just happened, you know, on, on Wednesday. So with the Moscone Center opening up 390 new beds, um, the identifying of working with the hotels and, you know, having almost, you know, 2,500 or so uh, beds kind of in the pipeline mm-hmm. is a really, you know, moving forward. Mm-hmm. 
do hope that this kind of energy can be sustained even after the virus is gone, because a lot of people feel like the city has moved so slowly on homelessness as the population has spiked. And it's, it is heartening to see them doing so much now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll just speak a little bit about what we're seeing. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, we're open five days a week. We're serving to go bags um, out of our uh, Nottingham alley to it, which allows for social distancing, best practices. Um, and it, it what we're seeing are our clients who've come, you know, have come through that we have kind of registered that we're doing social work and, but now we can only serve in the, in, in the outside mm. uh, realm. But what we're seeing are people I've never seen before. Oh, wow. People that used to, I would say, live, were independently living on the streets, whether in the wharf and Barcadero, but because of the no, no tourists. Mm-hmm. And no tourist, um, you know, trash, basically, mm-hmm. leftovers or even panhandling money. And even the day workers who, um, you know, see the same people and are generous to them. I'm seeing people I've never seen before who are who are uh, have been homeless, definitely chronically homeless, just coming up and finally engaging with mm, us. That's interesting. And what an uh, what an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right. I, and I see it as a. You know, we're an access point. There's other groups that are access points. People are engaging who haven't in the past. So it is an opportunity to get them on the prioritization list, you know, get them um, logged in so that we know who they are, what their needs are, and what they're willing to accept, you know. And I took kind of a survey today. Would you? Take a hotel room if you were offered a hotel room. Would you take shelter if you were offered shelter? And um, I would say 90% said yes. Mm-hmm. And only 10% said, "Well, I feel like I'd be, you know, I'd be more at risk inside. You know, even in a ho- even in a nice hotel, I don't want to go up the elevator. You know, so and but he was, you know, he was very healthy today. So we'll see. But um, you know, that's that's kind of what I'm observing. Uh, when we do a grocery pantry, which we've always done on a Wednesday. So that's really, we saw 161 people come through, mm. which was on average, we usually see about 125 or so. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. a, you know, there's a ticking up increase need and we'll serve anyone. And, um, you know, we get our food from the food bank and Mary Reesley from Tante Marie has been cooking in her kitchen and with this uh, chef Todd from Wild Seed and they've been delivering, you know, onion soup, let's 50, you know, in court containers for 55 people that we can redistribute out. And it's been really an amazing effort. Mm-hmm. So you're finding that people who could kind of make it on the streets with food and donations from people who are out and about can't do that anymore. And that's why they're turning to you for assistance. Yeah, mm, that's really interesting. Exactly. And what are they telling you um, in terms of the coronavirus itself? Do they know a lot about what's going on? Are they scared? Um, are they talking about that? You know, I would say we, in many ways, are kind of, you know, we're, we're a low barrier drop-in center. So we're kind of a, in many, we're kind of like a ER, we take whoever comes, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so we are kind of a touch point for teaching them. And I've had to pull people aside, like, why why do I have to social distance? And Unfortunately, the federal administration, 
we were started off with things like it's just like the flu. It's a yeah. hoax. And I'm that that has trickled down to my population and has seeped into the general consciousness of the population that I have to break through. Mm hmm. And that, and they listen. The nice thing is, you know, we, our motto is trust, integrity, and respect. So when I'm talking to them, you know, they, they can hear me, you know, we do need to social distance. I, you know, do you know where to go? You know, here are the signs that you want to keep a lookout for, you know, here, please wash your hands. Here's where you can, you can wash your hands around the city, Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of thing. And I'm, it would be great if 311 kind of stepped up so I could have one solid access point that people know where they can call in. Mm-hmm. Because right now, shelters aren't accepting anybody new. Right. So we have to figure that um, that piece out, mm-hmm. that access point out. So the people that you serve, are they mostly in tents? Or since they can't get into shelters now, if they haven't been in them before, what are they doing at night no they're they these are for our population that's very um common in this area we're not a, a, a tent part of the city i mm-hmm. guess you could say yeah. we don't see a lot of that going on a little bit in the embarcadero mm-hmm. but not really along the wharf it's not um it's not usual there's some uh, vehicular people that we see though that that kind of are around that can maintain vehicles and move them as needed um, but um, in general, they're on the streets, on cardboard. Oh, wow. And speaking more broadly about the homeless population, um, irrespective of the virus, why do you think that the crisis has gotten so much worse in San Francisco? The last homeless count showed a 17% uptick and, you know, populations were spiking all over California. Um, what would I say about that? I would say the population's getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there is, uh, you know, this, I, I think that we've all heard that. I mean, you have Google, you know, bus drivers mm-hmm. sleeping on the bus, you yeah. have Uber drivers sleeping in their cars. You know, it's, it's the, it's the, eco- the way the economic, um, economics have been set up mm-hmm. generally over time since the eighties. Uh, and before for trickle down for, you know, for, you know, that kind of, you know, stripping of unions, all, all that has, you know, made an impact. So I think that the count though, um, it wasn't, I mean, it was an uptick. I think that they just are doing a better count. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I don't, it's not that it, it, it's hugely blossoming necessarily, but there's a, a, a different subset. I think the vehicular was mm-hmm. a lot. More. Yeah, that went up a lot. Yeah. And do you think that what we're learning from the virus now can stick with us? It seems like people are finally realizing that the health of the homeless population affects the health of all of us and that we're much more interlinked than we usually think when everything's going fine. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, I do. I, I, the um, HSH, the homeless uh, supportive services department just put out uh, a newly launched service providers uh, website that we can all go into. It's really well done. It's very informative. Um, and I think it's the first time that I've seen that kind of coordination out besides the one system and the changes system that they have for, um, and then the DPH has their own system, but it's, it, you know, it really is a, op, you know, 
it's an opportunity. It's a, it's a good sign, I would say. Um, and I think people will be coordinating that and those relationships will carry on throughout and after this pandemic ends. I'll be right back with Christy Fairchild of North Beach Citizens. I'm Heather Knight, and I'm back with Christy Fairchild. Do you see drug addiction becoming a bigger and bigger problem in North Beach, or is that more confined to the center of the city? Would you say? No, I don't see that. I don't. I don't see that as upticking at all. Mm-hmm. It's pretty steady in North Beach. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty steady. I, I mean, one thing I would observe is that the people that we're seeing are, again, they're they're more chronic, which to me, their 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 mental health is you know not being dealt with. It's they're not engaged with services, so it's um it's disconcerting. You know, they're they're really isolated and um and need that kind of uh, connection with doctors. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the idea of opening a safe consumption site, which still no American city has done, although many, including San Francisco, have been talking about for years? Yeah, boy, uh, that's up to, to the Department of Public Health. <laughs> that's something that, you know, I don't, I, that's something that I don't, I, I wouldn't have any uh, input on, mm-hmm. you know, if that's, that's up to them. Okay. But I'm not, you know, I, I think that you try anything, and I think that we've seen the science and statistics of that um, having success in somewhere like Holland and the Netherlands. And so, you know, you, you know, I think that you look at the data and you look at mm-hmm. you look at best practices and uh, and go from there. Great. Well, you've survived the serious questions, and now it's time for the lightning round. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Where is your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? Uh, I like Chino's on Balboa mm-hmm. uh, in the 30s, and then I like to take it and go to the beach. Oh, nice. What is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Oh, definitely The Enforcer. It has our building in the in it. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that one. I have to put it on yeah. my list. That's a dirty Harry, yeah. Where is your favorite place in the city to get a stiff drink? Uh, I guess I did already going out to the beach. I'll say the Cliff House. Mm-hmm. What was your first concert? Rush. <laughs> nice. Madison Square Garden. Oh, wow. That sounds fun. What was the last book you read? Uh, you know, in these times right now, I'm kind of toggling back and forth between a thorough selected journals of around 1837 with him, um, which is kind of, it's nice in these times. And then, uh, of course, I'm toggling back and forth with the Dalai Lama. So oh, wow. in these times, You're getting some inspiration, yeah, figuring, getting a little, getting a little peace of mind is, mm-hmm. is a big need. That's a good recommendation. Is North Beach the best neighborhood in San Francisco? Oh yes, <laughs> I thought you might say that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, <laughs> if we, my yeah. If you're entertaining a an out of towner in North Beach for a day, where would you take them? Do I only have one place to, that no, I can go? You can create a whole itinerary. Oh, I have a whole itinerary. <laughs> I definitely have an itinerary. Do I, do I just start from now? I think that you know, Coit Tower. You probably have to have, get coffee twice, so a yeah. Trieste is a must. Greco, kind of on the back end. 
you know, little, where do you even eat? Italian homemade, mm-hmm. original Joe's, Park Tavern, mm-hmm. Tommaso's, our favorite. You know, there's so many mm. good things. The Suvio's for the yes. late night drink. You know, Tosca just opened back up. Oh. They're just doing to go right now. So uh-huh. that's exciting. So, we'll, you know, that's always a go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, Adler, you know, Specs is obviously the culture and everybody and from the neighborhood goes there to grab a drink. Um, yeah. So those are my highlights. Sounds like you're going to get pretty drunk on your day in North beach. <laughs> <laughs> if you end up in Gino and Carlos, you know, and, and getting a pizza at golden boy, you've had the full, you've had the full ride. <laughs> I like it. Who is your favorite North beach character? I love Jack Hirschman. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. A poet and laureate because he's still around and and we can still see him and he's just a sweetheart. Yeah. I was looking back in my articles I've written about North Beach citizens in you and I um, wrote one in 2015 about you moving into a former porn theater. And I wondered if the shag carpeting is still there. <laughs> yeah, we... <laughs> We that's right. The third floor was uh, wall to ceiling mirror. <laughs> yeah. Quite a scene with a shag carpeting. I did not. Uh, I felt like you know if you got on the ground, you probably could have found an ounce of cocaine somewhere. <laughs> totally. Um, but it was, it was. Uh, it's been great. You know, this has been a really wonderful neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more like Barbary Coast, right? right. So since we moved in kind of the battery um, Pacific's kind of come to life with more businesses. Um, you know, we had top of Broadway for a while, a community business district and just coordination in general. I, I mean, it's, it's great. I think it's, um, I think it's going to pop back out is what I'm hoping with the um, efforts of Aaron Tuscan and district three um, neighbors. And, you know, we've got the park redone and, um, I don't know. I'm really hopeful. I have today, I have seven more big bellies going in oh, nice. all around Washington Square Park. So what a great time. So you don't have to touch the trash cans mm-hmm. and they compact everything. So that's a big effort since we do um, in the afternoons, we do a street beautification program. It's a job employment back to, you know, but it's a volunteer basis, but it's just a, it's a great program. So I'm looking forward to that. Great. And you've also been known to put a bubble machine outside the facility to draw homeless people inside and help them relax. Are you still doing that? It's always bubble time. Oh, nice. There's <laughs> never there's never not a good time to have bubble time. I have my clients when when they can see me kind of a little bit, you know, all over the place. They're like, Christy, it's bubble time. And I was like, oh, man, put it out. <laughs> I think San Francisco could use more bubble machines these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all over the yeah, city. I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Last question. What is something you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? Yoga. Mm. Definitely yoga. That's also needed these days. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to Christy Fairchild for joining me today, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and to you for listening. If you want to support San Francisco City Insider and the newsroom that creates it, become a member of the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash pod. I'm Heather Knight. Thanks for listening.